This audio is brought to you by muslimcentral.com. Subhanallah, it is our final session of Quran 30 for 30. And uh, I know that we've enjoyed, alhamdulillah, our online uh, gatherings uh, over the last month. And I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to have developed a deeper connection to the Quran, inshallah, and allow us to... Um, to really carry on this connection with the Qur'an beyond Ramadan. So before I get to our amazing guest, inshallah ta'ala, uh, there's a survey that I want you all to fill out, inshallah. And I have some good news for you, which is that after Ramadan, inshallah, uh, we'll take a few days off and uh, Yaqeen is going to be having a special um, connect with the Qur'an, stay connected with the Qur'an uh, month-long, inshallah ta'ala, of programming uh, that's going to start. So we'll get back to it, inshallah, not to the same level, but we'll continue to stay up to date, inshallah, and continue to stay connected with the Quran. So after Eid, we'll take a few days off, inshallah, and there'll be more information on that. But for now, we'd love to hear back from you, inshallah, on the survey. Uh, to remind everyone, inshallah, to please keep us in your dua and keep the entire Yaqeen team in your dua that did really a lot behind the scenes to put on all of this programming, alhamdulillah, so may Allah reward them all, so please keep them and, your, and their families uh, in your du'as and keep each other in your du'as, inshallah ta'ala, and uh, make sure that you stay connected beyond the month. Now, we still have one more session, alhamdulillah, and we have the one and only Sheikh and Chef Yasser Burjas. <laughs> Sheikh and Chef Yasser, uh, my dear colleague, uh, brother, um, someone that uh, represents so much of Ramadan to me because every Ramadan over the last, almost over the last decade, uh, we've been uh, holed up uh, together in a masjid. So this Ramadan, the, one of the biggest voids I had personally this Ramadan is not having the, uh, the personal companionship of Sheikh Yasser throughout the month. May Allah reward him. He's been doing a lot here, alhamdulillah, and throughout to, to, guide, to guide our community on how to worship and how to cook, alhamdulillah. So, Sheikh Yasser, uh, welcome, welcome uh, to our last episode, Khitam Humisk, the final episode of, of Quran 30 for 30. for giving me the opportunity really to be part of this uh, beautiful experience, a beautiful project, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. There's no doubt, there's nothing better than really serving the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, let's uh, give you a real great pleasure to be with both of you over here. And subhanAllah, it's interesting because we're all neighbors, right? Uh, now, <laughs> okay. we go, we're, we're speaking virtually right now. Yeah, yes, as, as they said, as they said on our fundraiser, if you remember, they said Shabab al Harayan. Yeah, so, so for the benefit of the audience, all three of us live within 10 minutes of each other. Uh, but subhanAllah, social distancing, Allah yeah. Mustaan. Uh, Sheikh Abdullah, uh, I think um, before we, we continue also, Jazakallah Khair for, for being um, you know, such a refreshing and knowledgeable and wise presence, Alhamdulillah, every night. Uh, enjoyed, alhamdulillah, everyone has enjoyed your insights every night. Alhamdulillah, reward you and bless your family uh, and give you the best of this life in the next. Ameen, ameen. So inshallah ta'ala, tonight um, we got, we've got Juz Amma, and this is obviously the most familiar Juz to everyone. And um, we're going to summarize and reflect, but I'm going to make my summary a little sh- shorter, inshallah ta'ala, so that we can have some time to reflect together. Um, while, while Sheikh Yasser and Sheikh Abdullah will go into some very specific portions, inshallah, but we'll have some time to discuss and to reflect together. One of the things that I was thinking about when I was looking at this juz and how we can sort of give an overview of it 
is that it's really beautiful that all of the elements of Juz Amma are found in Surah An-Naba. Uh, so Surah An-Naba gives us sort of the overview. It starts off with letting you know that this is important news. That this is important news. And it's important news both in terms of its gravity and in terms of its consequences, right? The consequences of accepting or rejecting this news is severe. And that's why you start to see that those consequences play out in some of the stories that we'll find in, uh, in this juz. The very next one, the consequences uh, to Fir'aun. What, what did Fir'aun do when he heard the news? Allah Azza wa Jal gives us the imagery in Surah Al-Nazi'at of Fir'aun you know, uh, pacing and, and losing his mind because of the potential of losing his power or his false sense of power as the news has come to him now, has been delivered to him. And then you have the story of those that have been oppressed, like Ashab al-Ukhdud, the people of the ditch that were slaughtered in Pharaoh-like manner for embracing this news and refusing to relinquish their commitment to this news. And so you have, you know, the stories of people in how they react to this news. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that the great news is the day of resurrection. And the fact that Allah Azza wa Jalla focuses on Yawm al-Qiyamah uh, as being the focal point is that everything that we read in the Qur'an, whether it is the stories of people or it is the stories of uh, prophets specifically or nations that have been destroyed or preserved or you know, the laws of inheritance or the laws of contracts or the laws of family, all of it is to be oriented towards the Akhirah. The Akhirah is the ultimate recourse. It is the ultimate day of reckoning. It's the day that Allah Azza wa sets everything right that we did wrong or that we did right uh, in this life. So Allah Azza wa frames the entirety of it in Yawm Al-Qiyamah. And of course, that is a core trait of Surah Al-Mufassal as a whole. But here in Surah An-Naba in particular, um, really framing it from the perspective of inna yawm al-fasl, right? The day of decision, the day that everything will be sorted out. So the pharaohs will be sorted out, the oppressors will be sorted out, the oppressed will be sorted out, the believers, the disbelievers. Um, the rewards that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises in this surah, uh, in this juz that are, uh, you know, so profound amongst them Laylatul Qadr. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those that observed it, Allahumma ameen. So the rewards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises, the punishments that Allah promises. So Allah Azza calls it Yawm al-Fasl, the day of decision, the day that everything will be sorted out. And then how does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala point to the sorting out on the day of judgment? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts to talk about the order of the universe, how everything is so properly sorted out, whether it is night and day, or the stars and the moon and the sun, everything is so perfectly sorted out. And so do you really think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not bring us back on the day of judgment and sort things out in that regard? And of course, the ultimate sorting is the people of paradise and the people of hellfire, which Surah An-Naba ends with. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst the people of paradise, Allahumma ameen, and make us amongst those righteous, Allahumma ameen. So then it goes to Surah Al-Nazi'at, the story of Fir'aun and Musa, alayhi salam, the sorting out there. Surah Abasa, the Prophet sallallahu being admonished to not ignore a man like Abdullah ibn Umm Maktoum, the blind man, in favor of people that have pharaoh-like qualities, right? The elites of Mecca. If they reject this news and they reject this message, then they will be rejected and humiliated. 
if you accept this message and react properly to this news the way that Abdullah ibn Maktoum radiallahu ta'ala anhu does, then that will increase you. And so focusing on the Abdullah ibn Maktoums of the world and, uh, and not paying heed to the oppressors and the arrogance and the elites of this world. Allah talks about Surah Al-Infitar, which is again about the sorting out of creation. Surah Al-Mutaffifin, which is that we keep our contracts properly uh, in place, that we don't cheat with the weights when we go into our business contracts, that we are righteous in our business dealings as well. And why would people cheat in their contracts? Because they think that it will give them some sort of uh, worthwhile benefit. And subhanAllah, the next surah is Surah Al-Inshiqaq, which is talking about the world being torn up. <laughs> so if you were trying to cheat with your contract so that you could gain some sort of benefit in this life, well, that will be torn up as will this world. Literally, in Shiqaq, it will be torn up. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Allah mentioned Surah Al-Buruj, the persecution of the believers and the shuhada from the believers. And Allah mentions in Surah Al-Tariq, the very next surah, إِنَّهُمْ يَكِيدُونَ كَيْدًا وَأَكِيدُوا كَيْدًا فَمَهِلُوا الْكَافِرِينَ أَمْهِلْهُمْ رُوَيْدًا They plan and I plan. And so Allah Azza wa Jal reminds us that His plan is greater than the plan of the disbelievers and the oppressors. Next, Al-A'la and Al-Ghashiya. Two surahs that talk about the preference of the hereafter to this world, which ironically we would recite on the day of Eid to remind ourselves, that the hereafter is better than the life of this world. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminding us of the different ways that people will look at Al-Ghashiya. Allah Azzawajal brings us to Surah Al-Fajr, uh, that a person uh, comes to the final reward and punishment that takes place in the hereafter. And Allah talks about the soothing death of the believer as they are coming out. And nafsul mutma'inna, may Allah make us amongst them. Allah goes to Surah Al-Shams and Al-Layl, again, the sorting out of the sun and uh, the, the moon, the day and the night. And of course, I'm, I'm skipping through very quickly here. Surah Al-Duha, a message of hope and daylight, which Shaykh Yasser will talk about. Surah Al-Sharh, Allah expanding the chest to ease our difficulties, whether that is in this life or in the next. And it continues and continues and continues. And subhanAllah, you know, uh, as you go through the suwar, there are mentions of the proof of Allah, mentions of death, mentions of life. And I'll just end with, with the very last part of this, which is the tartib, the ordering of the last uh, few surahs of the Qur'an, from قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ onwards. قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ is the negation part of لا إله إلا الله. لا إله إلا الله is negation and then affirmation. لا إله refers to the uh, what is referred to in Surah Al-Kafirun. لا أعبد ما تعبدون إلا الله which is the affirmation is قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدْ Okay? And that's why there's, there's something so profound about reading these two surahs together. And what's situated in between these two surahs that we read together are, are Surah Al-Nasr, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the improbable victory of those who were oppressed and persecuted and downtrodden. The improbable victory according to the sight of people. Those that upheld La ilaha illallah against all odds and Allah honored them. And the very next surah is Surah Al-Lahab, where Allah talks about the humiliation of the one who initially stood up and said what? Should we make all of our aliha, all of our gods, one God? And he said, Tabban Nakka to the Prophet Sallallahu may you perish to the Prophet Sallallahu So Allah talks about his humiliation. So SubhanAllah, 
what is between negation and affirmation and those that upheld La ilaha illallah is the affirmation of the Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu and the ultimate negation and degradation of the Abu Lahabs of this world. Finally, Allah gives us the two Mu'awidhat that we seek refuge in Allah from being led by the worst of His creation to the worst of ourselves where we could end up in a situation where we end up being the Abu Lahabs and the Abu Jahabs and the Fir'auns of the world or the, the bystanders that did not do right because they let the whispers of shaitan or the soothsayers take them away from the inevitable reality of the day of judgment and this irresistible faith. So it's important for us as we read this, do not always assume that you are the hero in the story. Aspire to be the hero in the story, but also seek refuge in Allah from the qualities of the villains in these stories as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those that are protected from the evils of the whispers of shaitan and protected from the evils that come our way, whether the, source of, whether the source is other people or whatever it may be. And may Allah azawajal allow us to remain focused on him, protected from anything that takes us away from him and to elevate ourselves to reach that. Allahumma ameen. InshaAllah ta'ala, I'll hand it off to Shaykh Abdullah. Jazakumullah khairan. Bismillah wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yasir li amri wa ahlu luqadatan min lisani yafqahu qawli ya rabbal alameen. What I want to talk about is uh, the chapter of Ashams. But it's just a couple of ayat in Ashams. It's actually the first, the, the last two verses of the first ten. Being at the first ten uh, primarily talk about a particular subject matter, but I want to capitalize on the last two roughly. And it's a general theme being that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us in a fashion that is subhanAllah, unlike any other. Rather, he is the creator of everything other than himself. So with that being the case, we understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-khaliq, al-razik, al-mudabbir. He is a creator, the sustainer, and the one that has control over all affairs. He has control over every single thing because he created it. When one thinks of that, they understand their responsibility because the responsibility is how you respond to something. So that's your responsibility. How do you respond to knowing that Allah is al-Khaliq, that he is the one that brought you from nothing? And he is a razik. He is the one that provides you after he brought you from nothing. And he is a mudabbir. He is the one that has ultimate authority and monitorship over all of your affairs. So when looking at this beautiful chapter of Ashams, we see that Allah SWT swears by a number of his creation, a number of items of his creation. And when Allah swears by his creation, firstly, he has the authority to do so because he is the one that created it. And secondly, we cannot make an analogy by saying that we as human beings, we swear by Allah. Therefore, Allah swearing does not have that right. No, we say Allah can do what he wills, when he wills, how he wills. And the reason he swears by creation is to show you that it is something that is important. Firstly, that he is the creator of it and him swearing by it is to show you that what comes after it from whatever he is speaking about is important. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the chapter of Ashams, uh, after Firstly, he says, by the sun and its brightness and by the moon and what it, and when it follows. So first mentioning two opposite things, the sun and the moon. The moon when it follows, follows in its orbit, when it's, you know, day and night. And that's where he follows up and says, And by the day when it displays it, jalla. Jali is something to be apparent or to be clear. 
and by the night when it covers it, by covering it with volam or with darkness to cover up that sunlight. And then Allah SWT says, and the earth, or excuse me, and the sky and what he has constructed, the sky and what he has constructed within it. And by the earth who has spread it. Taha is like to spread it out. So all of these forms of creation, Allah SWT is even, he's actually explaining to you the elements of the ecosystem. When we see the sun, the moon, and then we see what, even mentioning what comes from it, from light, and then also the darkness when it is covered, and then mentioning the earth and what he has provided from that which the sun and its light and its heat can affect that of the earth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when saying, وَالشَّمْسِ You know, all of these, he's swearing by them. In the Arabic, when you use the word wild of meanings, and one of the meanings is al-qasam, uh, which is swearing. If you ever hear, many of us have heard, Wallahi, right? That is by Allah. I swear by Allah that whatever I'm about to say is the truth. So you're saying that whatever you're about to talk about is major, it is important, you should be taken seriously. Allah is a much greater example when seeing here, Allah swearing by these articles would lead the listener or the reader to say, what is he going to talk about? So next Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues on and says, then Allah says, and by the soul whom he has proportioned it. And inspired it with discernment of its wickedness and righteousness. Alham is to have a feeling. But in here, it's kind of like an inspiration that has been inspired to do something. Lesser than a revelation, but it's an inspiration to do something. But here when Allah says, Basically, علمها الخير والشر. Yeah, and he has taught it that which is fujur and taqwa. Fujur that we know is disobedience. وَتَقْوَاهَا is the, the, the mindfulness uh, which leads to God-fearing in many attributes and actions of the heart. So, in other words, he has given the nafs, dare we even say the fitrah, the natural element that he has placed within every human being that is universal, such as guilt, such as love, such as the feeling of wanting respect, all of those are characteristics of the natural ingrained characteristics of what is called the fitrah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has also guided it to, 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 to you know, firstly ingrain within it that which is good and that which is not, that which is righteous and that which is not. Every human being has that natural element within themselves. But what happens after that? Allah has placed that wiring, if you will, within the man, woman, and child even. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the jawab al-shart, or the jawab al-qasam, mentioning basically what all of what he's swearing by, why is he swearing by it? What subject matter is he talking about? It's none other than the nafs. And that's where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to say, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسَّاهَا And that's what we want to talk about. Allah says, he has succeeded who purifies it, and he or she has failed who instills it. Dasaha. So here, just to touch on two minutes roughly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swore by all of these forms of creation to tell you that you have a responsibility. And if you fulfill that responsibility to the best of your ability, you will be successful. So when looking at the one that says, Allah says, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ And here with the present tense, for, present tense form, it is surety. 
those individuals are definitely successful if they have what is we right or the one that purifies the soul as we know zakat is a numu it is to grow so when one has zakat enough it is a purification of the soul which further allows it to grow in ta'a in obedience to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but then allah mentions the opposite as Tahir bin Ashur mentions in his tafsir, you notice how the articles that Allah swears by are the opposites. So here he's talking about the opposite characteristics with the nafs. So the one that tries their best to purify it by doing actions of obedience, primarily the actions that are obligatory. That is what purifies the soul. But the one Allah says after that, The one that has lost is the one that, what? Dasaha is the one that instills it with corruption, that continues to hide or cover the pristine nature of the nafs with sin. It is not just one time. We will all commit mistakes. We'll all make mistakes. But what happens when you recognize a mistake? What are you doing to rectify it? What are you doing to try to change it? That is the small window. And I say small window of responsibility. Allah has given you the guidance. You make an effort to change your alarm clock one day, then the next day to wake up or to close your mouth and say, or say, inni saw him, or to say, you know what? I don't want to talk about that. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will guide you because you made the small effort. And when he guides you, it's a repeating. It repeats. And that is the process of guidance. You make the effort, Allah will bless you, whether in this life or in the next. But do we believe in that promise? So when this beautiful, beautiful Beginning first verses of the chapter of Shams, Allah swears by all of these objects to let you know that we have a responsibility for ourselves because the worst enemy of yourself is yourself. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those that fight the, our, the, self, the, the elements of ourselves that can be our own destruction and make us of those that concentrate on purification of that. Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. SubhanAllah. So you're going from you know, that to seeking sti'adha again at the end of the juz from the evil of the shaitan and the whispers in ourselves. May Allah reward you for that beautiful reflection. Shaykh Yasser, tafadda. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, sallallahu wa sallam, baraka anabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam, tasliman kathira, thumma amma ba'd. Subhanallah, Shaykh, when you spoke, Shaykh Omar, when you spoke about the summary of Juzu Amma, what I was going to my mind really is a message of Juzu Amma is basically, yes, indeed, Zu'amma has uh, everything that you, was already been covered in the Qur'an itself. But Zu'amma, every single surah of its own, is, has its own theme as well, too. And each one of them focuses on one of those elements to, like, uh, focus uh, for people who are looking for summary of one of those major, major principles of our deen. Uh, like the people came to the Prophet, وسلم, and they would say, Ya Rasulullah, inna shara'a al-Islam qad kathrat like the rights of Islam are becoming too many for me. Tell me how to understand Islam. Tell me one thing I should ask you and ask, ask nobody after you. And the Prophet وسلم, instead of telling him, well, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, he said, just قُلْ أَمَنْتُ مستقم. Say, I believe, and then prove it. Prove it to your actions. When a man came and asked the Prophet وسلم, tell me something, you know, something I can do regularly. قَالَ وسلم, as long as you keep your, your tongue moist with the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the idea is that sometimes, you know, we need this kind of like condensed uh, uh, amount of knowledge within few words and very profound that can truly penetrate the heart and the mind immediately. 
So each surah in Surah Amma, in Juz Amma, will have that kind of messaging. And one of them is Surah Wadduha, is one of my favorite really in Juz Amma, because subhanAllah, the message in Surah Wadduha is very unique, and specifically, it's something that we need in this time of our quarantine, freaking out because of the COVID-19 and the virus and so on. Surah Wadduha gives hope for those who lost all hope. And the message of Surah Wadduha indeed is a message of hope. What does that mean? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala beginning the surah saying, Wadduha, I swear to you, like Sheikh uh, Abdullah was talking about, Qasam, Wadduha. So I swear to you by Al-Duha. And what is Al-Duha? Al-Duha is the bright time of the morning. And that's when the sun is at, the, at the, the, basically the best and the day is the brightest. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swearing to us by this special time, I swear to you, when time becomes so bright, when things become so bright in your life, like it is so bright during the Duha time, Allah says, وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا سَجَى The night is going to take over and cover. So that tells us exactly in our life, this is how it's going to be. We're never going to have a straight line in our life. Like everything is going to be awesome and good until we die. And nothing is going to be worse and bad all the time. It's going to be alternating of things. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that there will be a time when you see bright and clear. And then with time when you start, you start seeing subhanahu is getting dark and you can't even see through. So it's just like a warning and a hope at the same time. I swear to you that the night will come. and means the darkness will come after that. And just like the darkness is coming to take over, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says what? Al-Duha is going to come afterwards. To understand the surah better, actually, we, talk, we should talk about also the context of a tribulation. In Sayyid Bukhari Muslim, the Prophet wasallam, he fell ill for a couple of nights and a couple of days. He was unable to wake up for tahajjud. And obviously, when he's not waking up for tahajjud, <clears throat> the people of Mecca, who always went to sneak a peek and try to listen, eavesdropping at the Prophet as he was, he was reciting and he was praying, they haven't heard him for the, for the past two nights. So for them, it's just like, what's going on? So Ummu Jamil, the, mother, the, the wife of Abu Lahab, his, his uncle, she came to him, and she was one of those arch enemies that was mentioned, Surah Tabbat Yada Abu Lahab and so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I mean, the lady, Umm um, Jamil, she came to the Prophet, she goes, It seems that your devil is, uh, is abandoning you. Like, is it, is it because he was recited for the past two nights. The Prophet felt so hard that, you know, he was unable, you know, to do that. And now the people are saying that his Lord has forsaken him. And that's one of the narrations, obviously. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is answering on behalf of the Prophet, to give him hope. And make these people, you know, not, uh, kind of like completely close their, their, their mouths about arguing about the discrediting the Prophet. So Allah says, I swear to you, when things are bright, darkness will come. However, Allah says, Even during the, time, the dark times, your Lord has not forsaken you, He has not left you, He has not left you behind. So that's a message to me and, and, and to you and everybody else, really. When things get really hard and get really dark that we are unable to see through, unfortunately, because of the darkness of the fitna and the trials, Allah is still there. Just because you're alone, it doesn't mean you're lonely. Just because things are difficult doesn't mean Allah subhanahu wa hates you. Just because you're unable to overcome that doesn't mean there is nothing better that's going to come afterwards. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's message right after that, He says, which means the hereafter, or it could mean actually what is coming next. So has two meanings. Whether Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking here about which means whatever you, you leave behind in this dunya, what you're going to get in the akhirah is still better than what you leave in, behind in, in this dunya. That's one meaning. There's another meaning. 
whatever you missed, what's coming is still even better. So it's giving people hope, like, hey, if it's time difficult in the day, what's coming next is going to be better, inshallah. Like, tomorrow's a better day. Tomorrow's a better day. Tomorrow's a better day. Giving people always hope. What's coming next is better, inshallah, tabarakah wa ta'ala. And Allah said, well, uh, His promise, I promise you, that I shall give you, and shall give you, until you're satisfied. Now, I want to stop on this ayah a little bit here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the Prophet and your Lord shall give you and then which means he shall give you more and keep giving you because sofa which means it's something in the future and it's going to continue to be there until your Lord is going to continue to give you until you're pleased until you're satisfied he didn't say until you're happy what does that exactly mean? you see Allah will give you that's a given thing you being pleased at your business. You being pleased with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving you, that's your business. Allah will give you to be pleased. That's a great blessing, subhanahu, which is why a lot of people don't have happiness in their lives and they're feeling depressed and, and anxiety and so on. They're never really satisfied. They're never pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what he's given them, meaning they were never content. With Allah Azza wa Jal's rizq and provision and, and decree and qadr, whether it's testing them with something hard and difficult or something good that Allah blessed them with. When people are not pleased with Allah's judgment, Allah's qadr subhanahu wa ta'ala, they're not going to be happy at all. Happiness is not a goal to achieve. It's actually, it's a reward you receive. And you receive it when you acquire and achieve this uh, uh, quality, a rida, contentment. Allah will give. You want to be pleased? Alhamdulillah, you're going to be happy. You're not going to be, if you're not going to be pleased with Allah's judgment, you're going to always be tired. And then here's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala next, reminding the Prophet wasallam about what I love to call bright spots in the darkness of the night. You see, when things go bad and difficult, and I keep telling people, when, people, when, things, when things go uh, south and start, things getting really uh, difficult for many people, we go through grieving moments and so on. Do people grieve over bad memories or good memories? Nobody really grieves over bad memories. We grieve over good memories. And even the bad memories, after we're happy and satisfied and content, they become actually a reflection of good memories. Like, wow, subhanAllah, we used to be before and how we are today. And here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet with bright spots in the difficult time. He says, Ali Majid weren't you an orphan? And Allah gave you shelter? Like he took care of you. As an orphan, you could just go lost in the street, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kept shielding you and protecting you all the way until you become an adult. You were lost. He gave you guidance. You were looking for answers. You go up to the mountains and he gave you answers. He gave you guidance. You were poor and he gave you, he gave you wealth and money and riches of the world come to your hand. Salawatullahi wa salam so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding us, whenever you go into difficult time and difficult moment, be grateful. Go into this, you know, shukur mode, this gratitude mode. When things go difficult, be hopeful because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, before you're going through this difficulty, he gave you all these good things. And then he reminding us. So all of us, when things go difficult, instead of start whining about what we're losing because of the COVID-19 and, and the quarantine, we need to think about what do we have, alhamdulillah, Rabbi, to be grateful for. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then he reminds us towards the end on what you should be doing in this time. He said, subhanahu wa ta'ala, فَأَمَّ الْيَتِيمَ فَلَا تَقْهَرْ 
As for the orphans, don't you ever overpower. And the one, the beggar, don't you ever scold him away. Why is he reminding us with this, subhanahu wa ta'ala? Because he's teaching us a lesson over here. You want to be happy? You want to find purpose? You want to understand what's going on in the world? Allah is saying, when things go difficult in your life, think about other people. Completely the opposite of our culture. We are the culture of radical individualism. Nafsi, nafsi. Everybody says nafsi, nafsi in this world. And Allah is telling us the opposite. When things go difficult in your life, think about other people. Take care of the orphans. What about the beggars? And those who don't have much, subhanAllah. And that's why he ended with saying what? As for the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is bestowed upon you, then mention that. Speak about it. Preach about it. Basically, Allah subhanahu says, be grateful. So Surah Duha really is just giving people hope when hope is completely lost. And in the darkest of, the darkest of our moments, we should always think and remember the bright, the bright spots and those beautiful memories. Help other people and be grateful. Wallahu a'ala. Allah, Shaykh, now the, uh, the hope element is strong in Juz'amma for everything from martyrdom in the case of Ashab al-Ukhdud, like if there's hope even after being thrown into a fire and being brutalized in that way, yeah. from everything from them to the hope that's required from clarity uh, to the Prophet Sallallahu as he receives clarity, the message after going to Hira, to the hope of the community in Mecca that was run out. And, and probably if you told them that one day as you had, you know, with Surah Al-Nasr in particular, SubhanAllah, it gives me goosebumps because I think of the fact that, like, if, if I was uh, Bilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu in Mecca with a stone over me about to die, being whipped and lashed, uh, who, would, who would think, you know, that one day uh, I would be standing on top of the Kaaba saying, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, wow. right? So the hope uh, really comes and it, it transforms the lives of these people. So it's really remarkable because in many situations, uh, people don't get to see the story unfold, right? So they die in the midst of persecution. But for the Muslims upon whom this was revealed in Mecca, they got to see the breadth of this, right? Allah's plan unfolding uh, with them from Mecca to Medina, back to Mecca, subhanAllah. This is very, very, very true, very refreshing. A lot of people, and we would love to see uh, when we watch, you know, stories and so on, stories, we always look for uh, these beautiful, happy, you know, ending moments uh, in which, you know, everybody reconciles and things becomes beautiful and so on. Which is, subhanAllah, one, one thing about Surah Yusuf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and one, one thing very unique about Surah Yusuf really is that everybody who was mentioned in Surah Yusuf came out as a winner. Like even the villains, they came out winners. Mm. The, the wife of the Aziz, she came, you know, I admit, it's my fault. I just want you to know that he's honest, he's, he's this and that. SubhanAllah, she came also true. She became, she reflected, and she herself, you know, became so uh, yani, honorable in this moment. Same thing, his brothers, who to the last minute, they also came after him and they said, if he did that, he had a brother before who also used to steal. Talking about him in his face, SubhanAllah. He, he just kind of like couldn't handle it. He goes, You are the worst people, basically. But then towards the end, No harm, nothing done. It's a shaitan that causes this, this problem to all of us. So indeed, 
when we see the Quran, surat, uh, again, so the surahs and surat al-Jaza'amma, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is combining, obviously, between the threats in surat al-Qari'ah and surat al-Adiyat and so on. And also, obviously, giving people hope. And specifically, like you said, Shaykh, surat al-Nasr, uh, it's just like, it reminds me of the beautiful procession. You know, the Quran, like a beautiful, beautiful procession. And towards the end, we come to the final festivity and final statement. Remember, when the victory from Allah comes to you. And you see people coming to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surge and waves. He didn't say when they come. He said, and you will see them coming, of course, in surge and waves. Time to glorify your Lord and praise him subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that now for us to seek forgiveness, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, may Allah forgive us and accept from us, Ya Rabbi Alameen. No. No, Alhamdulillah, I, just, I was just, when you were studying a Surah Al-Duha, it was interesting how Allah SWT reminded him that he was an orphan, but then what did he tell him to do? And you remember where you were and give back, just as you mentioned. You were like this before and Allah has bestowed upon you a blessing, so make it clear to the people. So, when you see your state, Allah is reminding you of who you were and then reminding you to give back. But he uses the same, you know, subhanAllah, types of people. You are your team, give back to the team. You are I, uh, uh, you know, a Messiah of Allah. That reminds me of the, what's going through in our culture today. A lot of people, subhanAllah, they tend to forget their roots and, and the, the humble beginnings that they started with their lives. And subhanAllah. Yeah. Yani once they reach that level of prestige, whether it's a fame or a name or a wealth or whatever that is, we tend to be blinded by that, subhanAllah. And here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminding the Prophet sallallahu listen, you are orphans, so take care of the orphans. And you, yeah. you were poor, and we covered, we covered your needs, so take care of the other people's needs. Which is again, if anyone is looking for hope, if anyone is looking for purpose, if anyone is really looking to, fi- to find you know, peace and tranquility, I always recommend for people to go and help the needy. Alhamdulillah, I got the pleasure of really working with humanitarian yani, agencies and serving in Bosnia for four years. Wallahi, these are the most, I would say, the most prominent and most important four years of my life. Because that experience working in humanitarian work in the field on a regular basis until you become a member of the community. It's not just, you're not just there as an as a, uh, yani, uh, aid worker or relief uh, worker. No, you become a member of that community, subhanAllah. You live their life, you eat their food, you just, subhanAllah, be part of the community. An unbelievable experience. For those who would like really to find this kind of peace and tranquility, I highly recommend for them to volunteer and help the needy, help the poor, and be there for the people. Because the Prophet, after all, he was a people's person. Salawatullahi wa Just because we want to end on a light-hearted note, Sheikh Yasser, what's your Eid recipe? Yeah, like you, somehow you made ice cream, date shake, sunnah. I, I don't know how you did that. <laughs> we, yeah, we said a, a modern twist. We said a modern twist. <laughs> so there's, a, there's that thing in it. So yeah, and your, for the record, what's your Eid recipe, Sheikh? What we're doing? What are we doing for Eid? Yeah, what are we doing? We live down the street, Sheikh. A jar of a dog. We're neighbors. Allah. We haven't even tasted it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Allah mustaan. You'll get to share, inshallah. You'll get to share, inshallah. All right, all right. Well, so probably, you know what? I was thinking of doing that, the, the date cake. Uh, seriously. But, but yeah, but date cake, it's, it's awesome with coffee. MashaAllah. It's heavenly. Wallahi. It's, oh, it's amazing. It's a, it's a special recipe. My wife gave me the recipe finally. So maybe I could do that. 
really enjoyed the Quran uh, 30 for 30 doing co-hosting alongside you alhamdulillah sorry for all the face palms can you give one more face palm for <laughs> There you go. Yeah, just sorry for making you do that so many times, but um, I pray that Allah is that accept from you all your beautiful insights. Sheikh Yasser, your service to the community has been absolutely inspiring. May Allah bless you for setting an example of leadership. Alhamdulillah for the rest of us to really observe and to follow along. And um, everybody out there, uh, keep working until the very last moment of Ramadan. Inshallah ta'ala tonight. We'll have the uh, Ibadur Rahman session, our last session of Ibadur Rahman at 2 a.m. Eastern, inshallah. And uh, as we get ready for the last moments of Ramadan and make dua, uh, we were here for you as Yaqeen before Ramadan happened uh, and when COVID uh, started. And uh, we tried to be here for you as much as we could as Yaqeen uh, throughout Ramadan, alhamdulillah. And we will be for, here for you, inshallah ta'ala, after Ramadan as well. So we're still going to be here and we're still going to have a lot of live programming um, after a few days, taking a break, inshallah ta'ala, refreshing and coming back stronger in the Nahi ta'ala. So uh, very excited to launch the program of connecting with the Qur'an throughout June, which is going to have multiple live sessions and other means to connect, inshallah ta'ala, throughout the week uh, with the Qur'an to stay connected to the Qur'an so we don't lose the sweetness that we got in this Ramadan, alhamdulillah. And by the way, last thing, I have to share this. Uh, I gave shahada to the 10th person over Zoom. Sheikh Abdullah gave shahada to two uh, that came through Quran 30 for 3. So we've had people tuning in from other faiths. May Allah reward, uh, reward you, Sheikh Abdullah, and all the team, because alhamdulillah, we actually had people that accepted Islam, embraced Islam. Ten people, subhanAllah, uh, embraced Islam through Zoom uh, over the course of this month. Alhamd. And so uh, for all of you that have been watching that aren't Muslim, um, you know, please do feel free to reach out to you. And we appreciate your attending on a nightly basis as well. And uh, that's just a wonderful piece of news. So Zakhtullah khairan to all of you, inshallah. And we'll see you tonight for Ibadur Rahman and everyone else, inshallah ta'ala. We'll see you uh, later and an earlier Eid Mubarak. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.